ladies and gentlemen. The Boston Bruins are 4-1 in the last five games, but we have something much more important that we need to talk about to start this episode off with, which is the Bruins signed and then released Mitchell Miller. And we are back on that very happy note. Thank you, Cam, Neely, and Don Sweeney for ruining what has been a perfect start to the year. Yeah, and I will say this uh, as a disclaimer literally to start this. Um, we will put a timestamp uh, at the end of this you know, segment on the whole Mitchell Miller signing and everything that went along with it. In case anyone wants to skip it for any reason, considering, you know, the fact that he's just a racist bully, you know, could understand why you don't want to be hearing about that. Completely fair. But uh, we haven't recorded since the third, which was literally the day before they signed him. So while it does kind of feel like it was a little while ago, we definitely still have to talk about it because what an absolute disgrace and embarrassment by the Bruins organization. Yeah, that, that, that sums it up. Like, I, I can't think of anything else to say besides that over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. It, well, it, it should have never happened. Sense. And... No. You know, I basically wrote notes of, hey, these are the facts, These, this is everything we know, and then we'll talk. So, let's go through the timeline. So, sure, sure. Friday, 4th of November, you know, Bruins just coming off a 5-2 win against the Rangers. Team's feeling good, team's looking good. At that point, they would have been, what, 10-1? and Team's feeling really good. Buzzing. Some would yep. say. You know, you know, you're going into the weekend, going into Toronto, playing hockey night in Canada. And then it was like twelve oh six on Friday. The Bruins announced that they signed Mitchell Miller to a three year entry level contract. And the moment you know that something's wrong is when they just post a, a vague picture of the Bruins logo on the ice along with yep, that was, the that signing. Was, uh... Uh, which was the immediate thing that I was like, what? Because I got that notification. I was like, why does that name seem familiar? And then I clicked on the article. And they and, said, oh, boy. And it started with an apology. I was like, oh. Oh, so we're doing this today. And, yeah. They, they started the signing announcement with an apology from Mitchell Miller. How is... Like, saying that out loud... Why even do it? Like, even that on its own. If you have to start the announcement of you signing someone with an apology from the person that you are signing... I don't know, maybe don't do it. Seems like a pretty oh, no. simple thing. That's... that's... Basically, like rocket science. Yeah, come on like, now. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. It made no sense. It will never make sense. That's why they did it. My but, question is: Did they really think they were just gonna like sneak that by? Like no one would like question it. There was like, hey. there was a quote from Cam Neely, and you know I don't want to 
get it completely wrong, but it was, you know, if I'm paraphrasing, it was something along the lines of, you know, oh, we thought people would think he deserves a second chance. We knew there'd be some outrage, but ultimately, you know, that was going to be okay. Uh, Cam Neely got that one out, got that one really wrong. Um, and we'll get to all the outrage and everything. Um, but of course that signing happens and then Don Sweeney has a press conference and, you know, that's when everything already starts to get even worse for the Bruins. I mean, pretty much every press conference in this just makes it look even worse for the Bruins organization. And it's good that I say the organization there because the players were clearly not even in support of it. But in that Sweeney press conference, he revealed the most important points I got from that was he revealed that the Bruins did not reach out to the victim's family. And Sweeney said that he didn't know if he could forgive Mitchell Miller if Mitchell Miller did what he did to one of Sweeney's kids. So definitely someone you want to bring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely someone yeah. you want to bring in. Yep. All right. We got that down. All right. I, for, for a team that, and for an organization that, oh, we are all about the culture guys. You know, the reason Nick Foligno is signed is because he's a locker room guy reason you bring in these veterans because it's the locker room and you're bringing in all these good guys for the locker room and then you do that especially after revealing in that same press conference that you asked the team and the guys in the locker room questioned literally why they were doing that it doesn't make sense and that's Mm. what i've just completely come back to throughout all of this was it makes no sense for them to have done this. Um, yeah, yeah. You can say that a couple times over. Oh, I will. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then moving along the timeline, you get uh, the victim's mother came out and she was very active on social media and in interviews. Like she was. I mean, she absolutely did not have to do this, but, like, it was it was great of her to be like, hey, no, this is actually what happened. Miller's apology came over Instagram, like, a week ago, which was basically when the Bruins or Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell Miller were, you know, signing the contract and getting all that sorted out. Um, had to get out ahead of it. Hey, come on. Yeah. It, it's... It's it's absurd. It's just absurd. And I I don't I don't understand how like how people are like, "Oh, but he deserves a second chance." Yes, people do deserve second chances. However, if the only apologies that yeah. Miller is giving one was literally court ordered when he was uh charged in court and then you know the other one was a week ago because he was about to get signed to an NHL contract that's an issue you don't deserve a second chance there and as the victim came out and said and and his mother had been saying for the whole 
time, it wasn't just that one incident, which I'm not going to fully get into. Every, you should know it by now. And if not, you know, fill it up. Research. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just the one incident. It was years and years of Miller being racist directly to the kid. You don't deserve a second chance for that. And especially Maybe playing that game. Yeah, I don't a... think the <laughs> Bruins are the ones who get to decide. You know, if you yeah. actually change because you don't. They obviously didn't know the kid when he was fourteen, so you can't tell if there's actually been a true character change. Because I mean, unless Don Sweeney's been following since fourteen, or well, not even fourteen. Let's just let's what subtract that, like by at least six years, maybe when it started. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come on. So, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, we're all talking about this, and, you know, it just comes back to why? Why? Yeah. Why? That's all I can think of. Yeah. It just and... goes back to why and what the heck. And you know what? You know who would have, like, a good say in, in determining if, hey, you know what? I think this kid actually has changed. Cam Neely. Yep, Cam Neely, for sure. And. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, Anyways, no. um, go, go on. He, well, he he and Sweeney, no one on the Bruins organization reached out to the family. Yeah, uh, and, also, and like we were saying, with how accessible even the victim's mom was on social media, you had her just replying to people just on the Twitter timeline. You you telling me you like you couldn't? There's a whole court case. Like, you know, <laughs> you're the Boston Bruins. I think you can you can find the victim's family and like talk to them. And you know, eventually, in the end, Cam Neely, you know, uh, victim's mother did say that. Yep, Cam Neely called and they had a forty nine forty five minute conversation or whatever. That was way after the fact. After he was already released, do it before. You would have saved yourself so much PR trouble. You would have saved probably your... Well, you should have saved yourself a job in that case because you wouldn't have been doing it. But, you know, Neely should be gone. Although that's 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 probably still for later. Um, it's, it's just outrageous. And continuing on, the next big things that we really saw come through in the media was all the Bruins players talking. Because... Yeah, that Friday night, I guess, you know, the Bruins were in Toronto. Clearly, Patrice Bergeron was already scheduled to go on 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman. And so Sportsnet released a clip from that at where they asked Bergeron about uh, the signing of Mitchell Miller. And you could tell in that clip how uncomfortable Bergeron looked. And then the next day, in the press conference, I have a clip ready to play of Bergeron talking about it, which I think is just like the perfect summary of of what the Bruins players were feeling at that time. And when, you know, the captain of your team is saying this publicly, when the captain of an NHL hockey team is saying this publicly about a signing, don't do it. Yeah. Because Connor McDavid is the best hockey player in the league, completely silent about Evander Kane. And... I'm not trying to play comparisons, but the bar in the NHL is incredibly low. 
And if someone's coming out publicly and saying, you know, this dude wouldn't be welcomed in our locker room as I'm about to play for everyone, well, there you go. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, the culture that we built here uh, goes against that type of behavior. Um, I think we're a team that's built something about character and character people and individuals. Uh, what he did obviously is unacceptable and uh, we don't stand by that. And um, for me, I know for myself anyways, uh, and in this locker room, we, uh, you know, we're all about uh, inclusion, diversity, um, respect. Uh, those are you know, key words and, and core values that we have. And, um, you know, we expect guys to wear this jersey um, to be high character people. Um, you know, that with integrity and respect, that, that that's how they should be acting. And um, so my understanding is um, that he's going to put in the work and, and development programs and community programs to better himself, and it's up to him to do that. Um, and and that's it, you know, from our, my standpoint is, um, you know, it's a hockey operations decision. For myself, we can control what we can control. Truthfully, um, if there's, you know, hopefully there's some growth and change. Uh, if it's the same 14-year-old that would be walking into this this locker room, he wouldn't be accepted and, and wanted and welcomed in this locker room, to be honest with you. So that's it's got my stand on it. And, um, you know, now if we can just reshift or focus to... I understand the question, obviously, and, it, and it's, um, it's granted. Uh, but that being said, I think uh, let's refocus on what we can control in this locker room and um, win some hockey games. So there's the full, the full quote from Bergeron. Goes on, you know, for like a minute and a half from that one question from the reporter, just asking about the signing in general. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't have that. And if your captain is saying, "Hey, you shouldn't do this," I don't know. Seems pretty simple to me. I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, continuing on from that, you had Gary Bettman coming out and saying that oh, Mitchell Miller a reason. Yeah. Mitchell Miller is not eligible eligible to play in the NHL. And if Gary Bettman is your voice of reason, you have screwed up so hard. And Gotta obviously you know, the NHLPA had to come out and be like, hey, wait, you're not allowed to do that. It's not actually written, which like, yeah, they have to do that on behalf of, you know, owning the players and all that. But, you know, in, in this case, you know, obviously this, there's some sort of contract dispute. This is going to go to court likely um, because you can, there's definitely a case for wrongful termination that they're going to try to make and everything, but that's beyond our level of understanding and like it'll be covered when that happens of course um but you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it ultimately um one one other point that i saw first thing i saw adam wild make uh was that the bruins the bruins aren't signing mitchell miller the day before they play in Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada, unless there's other teams interested. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Which, like, there's no need to do that. Your team is 10-1. and 1. There are other teams interested. That's, yeah. I'm sure there are, because, believe it or not, a lot of people in hockey are awful people. 
So I know one of the quotes in the Sweeney press conference was, well, if other teams are considering it, why can't we? But like, <laughs> no. Yeah, there you, there you go. It makes, it still makes no sense. Um, then you have, it... oh yeah, go. It's just, it's not going to make sense. It's going to make less yeah. and less and less sense as we keep talking about it, which, oh, wow. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to continue on. Um, Like, I I grouped in, like, in the actual episode plan, I grouped in the Leafs game with this, mm, uh, just because, like, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Leafs, but you know, you could kind of just tell that the the Bruins did not look like they were in it that game. Um, you know, and I'm not using that as like an excuse. The Bruins losing, the Leafs played Typical. well. Yeah, but like using it. the Bruins looked like they had absolutely no energy for that one, and you know that would be Couldn't understandable. And you had Bergeron come out. I guess it would have been Monday. I think someone asked him about it, and he said, "Yeah, you know what? There kind of was the cloud over us, but you know, for the players, we now just." move on and get back to actually playing which yeah and i I just i don't think it's worth talking about that leafs game at all really and what actually happened Um, Uh, yeah honestly i couldn't tell you what happened i didn't watch it i i had it up i was barely paying attention i just really did not care about the result because there was kind of something more important looming over it so more important than a random november regular season game so yeah uh then that game happens uh we get into the next day a few more things come out um and then at 9 p.m on sunday night the bruins officially release mitchell miller it's a good time to do it you know yeah 9 p.m on a sunday night yeah yeah i mean normal normal times and the big thing here was that they claimed that they released him because of new information that came forward. There was no new information. This was stuff that was in court documents. Yeah. This was stuff that was said when Arizona drafted him in 2020. This was all already known. No new evidence came out. And I need to see if I can find the Cam Neely quote specifically because someone asked him specifically what new evidence uh there was and his answer it was a complete dodge of the question um i'll see if i can find that exact quote because i don't want to get that one wrong for sure uh but from neely's press conference that then happened i guess that would have been monday morning um he said that they first thought of signing mitchell miller in august oh yeah They've had time to think on this and totally had time to to check into things, but yeah. Yeah, they thought of signing him in August, which if if you don't know, is three months ago. Telling me they couldn't have have talked to the family once. No, they didn't have time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just Uh, how do you how do you do that? Like three months if you like if you're considering it for 3 months maybe don't you think it's a bad idea i makes you wonder if there are any like 
obviously I think Cam Neely was maybe the one driving that bus along with maybe like a well, is he even where was he, where where is he playing? Do you, do you even no? I haven't even looked it up. Is he playing right now? Uh, like Mitchell Miller. Yeah. He he hasn't played this season. He hasn't played anywhere this season. The I think oh, the okay. idea was he was gonna just go down to Providence and play because he hasn't found anything. Oof. He was the, he was the uh what AJHL Player of the Year last year, both Defenseman of the Year and Player of the Year. Uh well yeah well I see he had thirty nine goals in sixty games in the USHL. So. Oh USHL yeah sorry my bad. Like yeah so I'm sure he won something for that but yeah. um oh what, what kind of point I was gonna try to draw that into a point with him playing this year. I have no clue what I was... Oh, my God. I had a big, you know... Well, okay, I remember now. I was going to say, you know, wherever he was playing this year, but obviously he's not playing this year. So, like, last year, maybe whoever set to scout the USHL, obviously that person must have been on board with it. Cam Neely must have gotten on board with it, too. But it makes you wonder who in that circle maybe was against it and, you know, maybe pushed hard to not do it you no wonder if that person even existed maybe they all went along with it but you know i'd like to think maybe there's one of them but obviously when that kind of thing goes you know the the high end of the uh bruins brass will win that argument all the time yep (laughs) so but hey i mean well and i love how they they were like oh well we're gonna review our vetting process <laughs> oh my god yeah no i was gonna get to that <laughs> yes, we're gonna process. review our vetting process and neely said he's working to find out why the bruins didn't talk to the victor's family the, you are the bruins <laughs> you are literally the bruins you are the it's president funny, of the boston not. bruins oh my god it is it is hilariously and tragically ironic like how do you how do you not and I, I got the quote up. So someone asked, yeah. this was Cam Neely's press conference. This was on the 7th. Someone asked, what was the new information? You know, the new information that they described in Neely's uh, press release. Uh, and Cam Neely replies, the fact that we didn't talk to the family was concerning to me. So either that's complete bullshit or Cam Neely has no idea what's going on. Probably a little bit of both. I, yeah, I was going to say it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> Yeah. Because, I mean, this this literally continues on, and then the reporter asks again, why didn't you? Neely says, that's a great question, something I need to find out. And then, next question, is this a problem with the vetting process? Neely says, absolutely. So, it's just like, you, you thought maybe there's... You know, not not that they could redeem themselves in the press conference, but not dig a hole twenty times deeper than they had already dug it. And then they did. How do you how do you like how do you say that? Like the complete dodge of the question there. It's not new information then. If you're dodging the question, the new information question that hard, there obviously was nothing new. And you're just doing it because of the backlash. Yeah, you can blame some abstract thing. Yeah, and there was also the the quote it wasn't an exact quote from uh neely but ian mclaren who was in the press conference uh said this word for word neely assumes miller would still be part of the organization if there hadn't been significant backlash which means he just didn't fucking get it didn't understand the point if if the only reason he'd be out of the organization no if the only reason he's out is because of the backlash then you don't get it 
and clearly you were okay with it then. So it's it's an absolute and utter failure. And are we surprised? No. I I wouldn't have been surprised if any team in the NHL did this. Um cuz it's it's hockey. And we know how bad hockey culture is. And this is exactly what people talk about when they say everything needs to change. And it absolutely starts at the top. Because, well, you saw, fans absolutely outraged. The Bruins, the Bruins, like, uh, media, or not media, like, PR complaint uh, email was completely flooded. So much so that they had to send out the automated, uh, we're receiving high traffic at this time mail. You had that, you had so many people talking on social media. You had all the reporters speaking up against it. You had the actual players on the hockey team going against it. It all starts with the ancient people running all these organizations. Mm -hmm. And something has to change there. And it's been, I mean, by the time most of the people are listening to this, it will have been a week uh, to the day since Neely's press conference where he says, yeah, we're going to investigate and see why this happened and all that. Been been radio silent since then. Oh, yeah, we'll never hear about the vetting process again. Nope. And Wait, there's a vetting process? <laughs> hey, hey, Mitchell, you want to sign? That's their process. Yeah. And yep. I doubt we're going to hear about any changes within the organization. I would be happy to be proven wrong seeing Neely, Sweeney, anyone who agreed with this gone. I just don't think it's going to happen when you have the Jacobs family running the org and when it's just hockey in general. So. Um, yeah. I do want to say you know, we did consider like having an episode earlier than this, uh, but life is kind of crazy, and you could say shitty. Yeah, 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 and been dealing with a lot, so didn't want to instantly cover it. And it it kind of does help now to have a full view of everything time to process it and to still go yeah this was absolutely awful so ruins management yeah brought this all on yourself you suck yep and (laughs) i think that's all the the anger that i will let out towards that for now this is absolutely going to come up again probably next episode hopefully if there's more information that comes out and anything but um, we will see. Uh, unless you have anything else to add on that, we can move on to the happier stuff. No, I'm good. Perfect. All right. So let me just make sure I note down that timestamp. Um, cool. So uh, we will skip the Holy Leafs crap, game. It's been almost thirty minutes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> we will skip the Leafs game, and we will sure, basically skip then the just. Yep. We will just get to talk about four wins. And, you know, as usual, 
sure there's a few specific points from each game that we can sort of mention, but it's gonna still sort of be that that bigger that bigger overview that we can we can talk about. So uh, we can start off uh, with the Saint with the game against the Blues, which you know in Boston you get you get to see Tori Krug and Nola Chari in a Blues jersey, I which I forgot about until that game started. That was weird. Uh, unfortunately, he did not get tripped, and St. Louis did not score. Well, I mean, Blue scored one, but you know. Um, this game was the debut of the Pooh Poo Bear Reverse Retro jerseys. They look so good on the ice. I, yeah. So good. Like, the Bruins... Bruins overall, I feel like, their home and away jerseys are just like... They're, they're kind of like, I mean, the Habs are still just like the most perfect. They're the Habs, they're the most iconic, most perfect jerseys. Habs fan. Yep, for sure. Um, but like the Bruins are absolutely up there too in that like, they're, they're pretty much always, they're hitting it. Like they're hitting on all their jerseys. They look really good. First retro ones are no different. I can't wait to see the Winter Classic ones. That's got to be coming soon, huh? Yeah, I, I keep think, forgetting about I that. Think it was, I think they're revealing them some point it's like the end of november it's like november what a perfect distraction for the bruins management who might be going through it right now anyways all right we said we were done with yeah um i really want to see the math bear though uh anyways so blues game uh you know you had debrusque he's still been great bergeron bergeron's on a 40 goal pace right now uh, and also Trent Frederick scored a goal in that game, and Linus Allmark. You sound had... surprised. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I I know he's an elite goal scorer. And Thank you. Linus Allmark had another great start, which we're gonna say about two other times. Talking about the next two games after this. Uh, so then you go to the Flames game, uh, which was on Thursday. Another three to one win. You had uh, Darth Darth Vladar starting for the uh starting for the Flames. In Boston course and this was charlie mcavoy's return which oh, going into that it. game the bruins it. were 11 and 2 and charlie mcavoy still hadn't played they survived they treaded <laughs> yeah. they tread they, water they, yeah you know the water was just treaded a little bit they <laughs> i i can't believe like how good of a start they had like they've had they're 14 and 2 dude like we were, we were saying, yeah, if they can trade water, stay about five hundred. They're they're fourteen and two. Without McAvoy and Marshall. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all right, I think, right? Yeah. Also, now that now that I think about it, talking about the injuries, so I guess I guess that hey, Marshall's only gonna play the first of a back to back of back to backs to start the year. Uh, they just threw that out the window. It was just literally only that one game. Because he just played back to back this weekend. I, I'm not complaining. If he's fully healthy, all good. But kind of assumed he would have been out more. But hey, uh, it's Brad Marshall. I'm not complaining that he's in. Um, but yeah, in that Flames game, <laughs> Flames game, you got a Connor Clifton goal to start it off. Because obviously, I I know when that happened, you <laughs> did you tweet something about him being better than McAvoy, and then naturally, yep. McAvoy scored in that yep. game too. Another yeah. even. Well, actually, Clifton, Old Clifton scored, scored today. So, so. In, in, in the long run, ooh. 
who is really better. It's gonna be this is gonna be a tough battle here. Yeah, really got to figure. I mean, I guess I guess we can we can take this moment to uh, give some Connor Clifton appreciation. It's always Connor Clifton appreciation hours. I mean, honestly, for someone that I was like probably shouldn't be on the team going yeah i remember that we were like strawman's better than clifton there's nothing wrong with this which you know there's still nothing wrong with that move but funny i mean he's like he's literally averaging you know over 20 minutes a night he's been a stud next to lindholm literally have had no complaints um you know as a defenseman he's on a 40 point pace He, he has six points in 15 games this year his career high for points is 10 and 60 last year. Have a feeling he's going to break that. And overall, he's just, he's been great. He's been so solid next to Lindholm. That pair seems to work so well together. And don't worry, we can also praise Hampus Lindholm. 17 points on oh, the season. Oh my gosh. Um, but just really good start from, from both of them, especially. He had Clifton himself on the... On the oh god, who who was it that scored? I mean, obviously Clifton scored on the Zaka goal. It was literally Clifton that passed it up like halfway up the ice, right on Zaka's tape. Zaka enters the zone. It's four on four. Passes to Lindholm. Lindholm waits a little bit. Passes right back to Zaka. Zaka one timer in the net. Just like perfect from Lindholm and Clifton there. Uh, Lindholm assists on the first three goals tonight. Um, I know it kind of jumped to this game, but. Lindholm and Clifton have been great. And to have them, to have that be your second pair, and then have Matt Grizzly and Charlie McAvoy as your first pair, with, of course, the ability to move Lindholm and Grizzly and everyone all around, you know, depending on the situation, that is fun. fantastic. It's fun. Reminds me of, kind of reminds me of, you know, Charo McAvoy, Krug Carlo. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. Good old days. Miss them. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, also in that Flames game, you had a beautiful empty net goal uh, by Pasternak that was just Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak oh, together, yeah, which is a great transition into the Sabres game. Uh, about halfway through this game, Montgomery, well, I don't, I don't know if you can really call it Montgomery reunited because he didn't, you know, really do it in the first place, but... Montgomery put Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak together. And then tonight against the Canucks, Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak started together. How do we feel about that? Uh, it's Bruce Cassidy's fault, and that's why David Krejci left. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's why that's why Krejci left, because he couldn't play with Pasternak. I don't know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, that's even... I saw so yeah, many takes no, about that over the summer. Oh my god, he's coming back. That means one thing and one thing only. I'm so smart. Be... I'm almost as smart as Cam Neely. Anyways. <laughs> it must mean that Cassidy is, is such a, a bad coach. Anyways, the Golden Knights horrible are 13-3. and three. Yeah. Horrible person, horrible coach, man. It's crazy. Yep. I, I'm i I'm still so tired of people being like, yep, Cassidy was the problem. It's like, bro, Vegas is 13-3. and three. The Bruins are 14-2. and two. You can you can separate the two and be like, yeah, you know, you need a change, but also going from Eric Halla to David Krejci as your second line center is a bit of an improvement. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe just a little. Um 
And I don't think I've ever seen Pasternak playing so motivated. Contract year helps. <laughs> um, anyways, so you know, Sabres game. I need to I need to ask you a question. Ask those a question. Sabres, the full Sabres uniforms that we saw last night. I'm assuming those are their reverse retros. Yeah. Those suck, right? There is so the much white. A little much. Yeah. yeah. Like that is ugly. Uh, like the jerseys on their own, that's fine. But having yeah, full cool. white. Yeah, we gotta ask Zach about that one. <laughs> no, I absolutely will when when we get him on because that's oh, it's not good. It's not good. Um, <laughs> also, the uh the penalty, the first penalty that McAvoy got in that game, oh, please. was objectively hilarious because. He he didn't do anything, and he got called for what? What was it? Slashing, something slashing like or that. hooking, and he literally never, like, hit the Sabres player. Of course, then he comes out of the box and takes a real tripping penalty, but that first one wasn't real. <laughs> um, <sighs> also, going into that game, you know, I was kind of worried. You know, having Keith Kincaid. Starting his his second NHL game in the last two oh, I years. Oh, they were losing. Yeah, I was like, that's probably not the greatest format for success, but my God, he played well. Like, he had some amazing <laughs> saves. Goal, I saw someone tweet, "Yeah, Keith Kincaid's not an NHL goalie." Get that. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not gonna argue too hard for that over one game. However, no, 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 I'm not. I'm a, not. Yeah, yeah. However, that was a very, very good game, uh, especially because like the Bruins, that first period by the Bruins was awful. They started off horrible. That was something. Uh, Kincaid kind of just sort of coasted, you know, let the Tage Thompson shorthanded goal in, which, yeah, maybe the Bruins shouldn't be a team running the five forward power play. That's um, got to be situational. Yeah, it's it's like they have the talent for it. It just doesn't seem like that. And I think five forward power plays definitely work. It's just I don't think it's going to work for the Bruins. Um, or at least not work that often because, yeah, sometimes you get stuff like that. Um, but Yeah. But no, Kincaid... Kincaid's told the show, like, really. Like, Bergeron had two goals in this game. That was great. Uh, Jacob Zaborl scored his first goal. Finally great to see for him. Um, yeah, it's been... <laughs> He's played 65 uh, Nick games. Nick Foligno also, even if, like, on that goal for Zaboral. Oh, my God, he's yeah. He's just a house. He, he, you know what? He's a skyscraper. He's the new Zidane Ochara on the power play. Honestly. But, yeah. Good for good for Zaboral. I thought Foligno actually got a piece of that, but obviously he didn't. So, good, good, good for him. There's nothing worse than, oh, my God, it's a first NHL goal. And then, like, three hours later, it's like, yeah, about, yeah, about that. that. Yeah. We need the puck back, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. This is actually going to Flino now. It's going to cover it in candy corn. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, no, that that was great to see for Zaboral. I I don't know what the lineup looks like when Forbert comes back, but... Oh God, you know, Zaboral definitely Forbert, still right. deserves a shot down there. So. Hey, it's going to be a great problem to have. <laughs> Uh, besides that, we got, uh, 
Actually, I guess I guess nothing else from that game, so we can we can head on to tonight. Obviously, you got Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak starting the game together, not just doing that halfway through switch. Uh, Thomas Nosek finally scored a goal. I don't care if it's an empty netter. I do not care. It was 66 games since his last one. Finally. Good for him. Thank God. It's been a long time coming. And a long time coming. And the Bruins are 9-0 at home. <laughs> you know, Clifton scored again. Got an assist. Of course he did. Bergeron scored again. You know how good he Marshall is. scored. But everything is clicking right now. Despite Forbert being out, despite Swayman being out, everything is clicking. And the 14 and 2. Like That's... it's it's so weird looking at the standings. Bruins are 14 and 2, Vegas is 13 and 3, New Jersey is 12 and 3. And then you have LA at 10, 6, and 1, and the Islanders at 10 and 6. But it's just like seeing 14 and 2 even 13 and 3 12 and 3 in the devil's case like that's that's insane insane starts for all three teams um they're all 9 1 and 0 in their last 10 but that's just just insane just an insane start overall and you know they keep on rolling they keep on winning we're gonna have to come up with a new synonym for to name the episode with but we'll think of one and there's really been no complaints there. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, you know, some of these games haven't been the most exciting, but no, ultimately... Shit, no. November 13th. Yeah, ultimately it's November 13th, and that's two points in the Bank standings, the so points. who cares? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they get the win. They get the points, so... um. Other than that, I don't have much else to add specifically on the games. However, are still some few NHL notes, and there is one Bruins note specifically. So Mike Riley, with McAvoy coming back, Mike Riley got sent down. He cleared waivers, and the assumption is he is now looking for a trade. <laughs> what? Which, like, yeah, fair. Uh, if... Okay, okay. I don't mean to be rude, but if no one claimed him, who's gonna give up an asset to get him? They they are not. The <laughs> the Bruins don't have to trade him yet. They don't have to trade him until Forbert comes back. But once Forbert is yeah. back, yeah, someone's gotta get moved. His cap hit would just be you know, it's the perfect option. Considering also Zaboral playing relatively well, you know, Riley's probably the odd man out. And the Bruins are, yes, likely going to have to give up an asset to trade him away to someone. Um, which is weird because, you know, it's not like Riley's a bad player, but the Bruins have absolutely no leverage in this situation because ultimately they've put themselves in this cap situation. And, you know, that's that's what it is. So uh, whenever... It feels more like it's like a whenever Riley gets traded and not if. Because uh, yeah, I don't well, think the Bruins are looking at trading Forbert. Which, no, hell I mean, no. I would, yeah. So, I guess. If you would have asked me back in July when the Bruins first. Right. Obviously, over, not this past July, the year before. When they signed Forbert, that we'd be like, no, they cannot trade. <laughs> like, no, they shouldn't trade him. 
Oh, yeah. Let's keep it turned out to be a pretty decent signing for them. Mike Riley, on the other hand, it's just a case of bodies, really, right? Yeah. More than anything yeah, else. Hopefully they get someone who just wants to take them on for either a late, late pick or maybe uh, future considerations and have that be some not-so-great AHL player down the road. <laughs> but, hey. I imagine it'll probably be like a fourth that they have to attach, but we'll see. You 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 gotta do what you gotta do so you can ice your best lineup, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I want to. I mean, I I did kind of mention them like three months ago. Craig Smith. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, Craig Smith. Also, that that is also a conversation, but. Yeah. No offense to the guy, but there's actually there's AJ actually Gers a question better. that we that we can talk about him with that. So we we can we can wait for that. Um. Okay. Shout out. Uh, number one fan right here, the New Jersey Devils, twelve and three. Number one believer, right here. I yeah, of am, I I have never bet on sports, but I am upset that I did not bet on them making the playoffs. Obviously, it's fifteen games in, but I mean they're twelve and three. They've had a great start. Um, Brad Heeshear and Hughes are all playing amazing. Same with Dougie Hamilton, and they're. I mean, they haven't even been getting great goaltending. That's the thing. Mackenzie Blackwood has played seven games. He has an 880 save percentage. Vitek Vanacek has played nine games, has a 909 save percentage. And Akira Schmid has has played okay. two games for the Devils. Yeah, that's a guy. And he has a 920 save percentage. Sure. But, hey, they're getting guys. They're getting wins despite that. And if they could get some consistent goaltending, I mean, they're already 12 and three anyways, so it's not like they can ask for too much more at this point. God, Jesper Bratt, 19 points in 15 games. Yeah, Jack Hughes is at 15 points and he sure is at 17. Eric Halla, five assists in 15 Halla games. doesn't have a goal. Hey, wait a second. Is he on pace for more assists this year? Probably not, actually, now that I think about it. I was hoping to do some quick math. How many assists did he even have last year? Like, 20-something? 26. Paula? Yeah, let's see. No. Divided by 15. Hold on. Oh my god, he's on pace for 27 assists. That'd be more Insane. than last year. What a king! Also, if no, Pavlzaka has three goals and six assists in for nine points in 16 games. I think we'll take that. Yep. We'll I think that one plays. Yeah, just a little. Um, also, uh, shout out Jack Eichel. And I mean, shout out Vegas too. Uh, Jack Eichel's resurgence has been sick. Uh, he leads the NHL in, in uh, wins above replacement. I know the points aren't there compared to, you know, the McDavid's of the world. Uh, but he is, I mean, he has 19 points in six games, in 16 games. Um, he had that hat trick in Buffalo, which I mean, that that kind of ruled. I gotta say, hope Zach doesn't hear that. Um, it's good for the storyline. Absolutely, you know, the Sabers had the had the first laugh, you know, last year when he first came back. Yep, Eichel gets it this time. Hey, uh, you know, it's and obviously it, too bad they're in opposite conferences. Yeah, yeah, too bad they're in opposite conferences, but hey fun nhl needs fun yep uh um, eric carlson by the way still 
Yeah. Still going. He's he's Casual? seventh in the NHL in points. Twenty two and seventeen I love games. It. I absolutely love it. He deserves also, it. Also, can can I just say Connor no. McDavid has has thirty two points in sixteen games. This man is on yeah, pace yeah, for 164 points. He has 15 goals in those 16 games. It's crazy looking at his career stats. I'm like, yeah, Pasternak, that's amazing. You got 25 points in 16 games, and then Dreisaitl's three <laughs> points ahead of him, great. and David's seven points ahead of him. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, good thing it's, you know, McDavid. Yeah. 1A, Dreisaitl 1B, and everyone else 1C. Yep. Well, not everyone else, just Nick Foligno like, 1C. True. Postnock's on pace for 128 points, and that's not even, like, close to first. Dreisaitl's on pace for 143. Like, come on. The Oilers are, well, the Oilers' top two players are a cheat code. Too bad they have no one else. Insane. <sighs> um. Also, other quick, other quick hockey note. Uh, the NHL announced that the world, the World Cup of Hockey, is delayed until February twenty twenty five. It was supposed to be February twenty twenty four, but they had to delay it a year. Which, you know, we haven't had best on best since twenty fourteen, and kind of feels like, you know, I wish. One, I wish they had gone to the Olympics, of course, at any point. Uh, cause you kind of, you know, especially me being Canadian, I kind of feel bad for Marshall, cause if he never gets a chance to represent Canada on Olympic stage, cause God knows he'd be one of the first choices for that team. That'd be that'd be a disappointment. Although with the way Bergeron's yeah. aging, if he keeps playing, he's probably <laughs> he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna be playing by twenty thirty. So you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also think since we last recorded, the Astros won the World Series, which like. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't no one likes the Astros. Uh, I did also write down football. I was. Kind I don't of want to talk about football. I was kind of anticipating, you know, the Cowboys winning as expected over my Packers. They should have. But that, I, I, that I, I don't for it. Yeah, the pa- Packers are four and six. Funny, because like I was going into that game, like I this is my mindset, kind of the rest of the rest of the season. It's like, hey, if they win, that's cool, and if they lose, that's cool. Because you know, going into today, they were three and six, so it's kind of just like, all right, whatever happens, happens. It'll, you know, one way or another, something will happen. <laughs> they either get a good pick, or you know, they maybe find their way into the playoffs. So, I have a question. I have an answer. Jair Alexander on CD Lamb. Yes, it was passing interference. Yeah, it was. It was probably Thank definitely passing. Thank you. All right, that's all I wanted to know. And blowing blowing the fourteen point lead doesn't help. That, but that that's, that was that's mental interference. That, that, um, looked, that looked a little like pass interference. I will say, yeah. Well, the Cowboys' big problem has been very evident these last several weeks and it's not stopping the run hmm. um and Packers also problem, clearly the last watson, few weeks has been has been using the run yeah who is this watson guy by the way um, watson 
drafted him yeah, yeah. in the second round receiver. Great, great, he, uh, great, great. He he dropped like the Packers opening play of the season. You know, it was gonna be oh, like a seventy five yard oh, touchdown. Yeah, right. yeah. And then he had two drops to open this game and I was like, Oh dear God. <laughs> and then came back with three touchdowns. Yeah, I didn't expect that one. Especially because like Romeo Dobbs has been the Packers' number one receiver this year and well he's I picked out. that guy up in fantasy and he got hurt. So <laughs> of course. it's my fault. How could you? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Very. I did not. I did not expect. I did not. It was a good game, that. though. That's all I'll I say. I mean, yeah, it then was. I'll cry it was the rest an, of the way home. It was an entertaining. It was an entertaining football game. I I'll mean, so was so was the uh, Bills game. My God, that was something. Josh Allen absolutely choked with thirty seconds to go, and then he redeems himself, and then he. Threw, threw an interception in the overtime. <laughs> it happens. It, it does. It, it certainly does. Which it's weird seeing Josh Allen make an actual mistake, but hey. Oh yeah! Wow, he's a he's a human being. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, moving on. Well, moving on to questions. Can, wait, can I just say one quick thing? Yep. Um, what is the AFC East? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots are in last and they're five and four. Yeah. That's incredible. I I like seeing teams that, you know, in any sport that, you know, kind of writ- written off, you know, not going to be good. I mean, the Jets, six and three, is that sustainable? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. But okay, we'll enjoy it, I guess. Unless you're Dolphins a at seven Patriots. and three. Yeah, what a. Oh. Wow. I mean, you could even talk about your own division. Like, sure, I, the Commanders are four not. and five, but Eagles at eight and zero, oh, and Giants at seven and two. Even then, though, for the worst team to be four and five in the NFC East, that's notable. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, it sucks because I mean, I don't think the Cowboys are a great team, but I mean, six and three should be a lot better than third. But whatever. <laughs> true. Like, I mean, they're, what in a, are the they're in a playoff spot right now, right? What are the Giants? My my one of my friends is a Giants fan, and uh-huh. he has just been ecstatic this year. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I I watched because they played the Packers in London, so we both got up at you know nine a.m. to watch that game on the on a Sunday, and I I watched it with him, and well, that was depressing for me, but. <laughs> I don't know. The Giants are just like that. They should not be as good as they are, but they are. Yeah, you know? So the Cowboys right now would be the sixth seed at six and three. <laughs> Dude, the, the Giants net points 14. They're seven and two. I guess that's a fun way to win games because then everything's close. Way. But yeah, stressful, fun, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, ooh, imagine the Cowboys have to go to Seattle for a playoff game. Ooh. Gonna get burnt by Geno Smith. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Yeah, the football is... Uh, football's something here. I, yeah. I don't know what to think. All I know is my fantasy team sucked this year, and it's not fair. Anyways. Damn. Yeah, let's move to questions. <laughs> uh, I think we got basically just one. 
because uh, yeah, there, there's two replies, but we got basically one question. Because uh, one of the replies is uh, a chase at Chaser Wing Twelve. Uh, it's just just a photo of dude speaking through the pylon saying, "Give the puck to the checks." Which yep, sounds like a good plan to me. Uh, and then Joe Moore at J Moore Hockey asked, uh, "It's been a hot minute since I've asked one of these, but here we go. What do you guys think could be improved by the Bruins, and what is the weakest part of the team?" See, it's hard for me to really say anything here. Yeah. Because they're 14 and 2. You know? Yeah, that's. <laughs> right? Like, I wish they were fully healthy. Yeah. You know? Because um, I, don't, I don't know what else you can, really, you can really say there. Like, the weakest part of the team. I don't know. Craig Smith. Like, fourth line right yeah. wing. Like,. Yeah, sure. AJ That's... Greer has to play. Yeah, AJ Greer should be in this lineup over Craig Smith every day. Um, and sure, Craig Smith's not getting an insane amount of ice time. It's like ten minutes a night, but he hasn't really shown that he's been deserving of any more. And mm-hmm. the way you do that is you do what AJ Greer has been doing, and you show that you are playing the hockey game. And you know, Jim Montgomery's system, yes, it's more it, it, it is less favorable to Craig Smith's style, you know, the shoot, shoot, shoot style of Craig Smith, because it you know, we've kind of seen it's been more you're looking for those high quality chances, you're not shooting at, at every single chance. But you know, surely someone like that could could adapt, you would you would think, and he, he kinda just mm. hasn't. You know, there's still time in this season. It's a long season. There's going to be more injuries. He's going to get more chances. But yeah, sure. As of right now, I can say that Craig Smith is the weakest part of the team. Which, if that's your quote unquote, yeah. you know, 12th, 13th forward, your team's doing pretty well. Yeah. Yep. And they are doing pretty well. So, on that note, then. Plenty of notes. Plenty of notes. Uh, we will we will end it there. Uh, we will be back probably a week and a half from now, probably looking at after the uh, game in Florida. The Bruins have games against the Flyers and Blackhawks next. You better win both of those games. And then Lightning Panthers, those are in Florida. So those, those I always, I always love the Bruins-Lightning games in Tampa. They always have such a great atmosphere. It's the same thing as like Bruins Leafs games in Toronto. Obviously, the Bruins are more successful in Toronto than Tampa, but you know, it's just something about both of those arenas, I, I guess. You. But we will we'll see you then. Obviously, you know, keep in touch with podcasting out if there's any updates or anything changes to that schedule. But that's what we got for now. So as always, stay safe, and you know. Just a reminder that uh, Lena Solmark is elite and the Bruins are 14 and 2.